The Philadelphia Eagles made Jalen Hurts the highest paid player in NFL history. How did we get here and how do the Eagles move forward? We're breaking it all down today on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You are locked on NFL scouting with the Draft Dudes, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making Locked On NFL Scouting your first listen every day and a big welcome to our everydayers. You know who you are, those of you who never miss a single show. We appreciate you being here with us today. So, Joe, we had a whole plan set up for what we were going to talk about today. And then about an hour later, yesterday, uh, the Jalen Hurts becomes the highest paid player in NFL history with a five-year, $255 million contract extension with, you said, $180, million, $160 million guaranteed? 179.3 guaranteed. Okay, well, we're going to round up here because draft dudes don't do great with math. So let's just call it $180 million in guarantees. Uh, Hurts obviously took the Eagles to the Super Bowl last year. Um, they very easily could have won that game. Uh, Hertz took massive steps forward in his third year as a starting quarterback, but of course he is the uh, first member of that 2020 quarterback class to get a contract extension because he was the one starting quarterback who wasn't in the first round. Ergo, he does not have the fifth-year option to fall back on, and the Eagles were incentivized to get this thing done, and as we said two weeks ago, so was Jalen Hurts, and boy, oh boy, did they get it done. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense for him to be the first one. Like you mentioned, they're not a first-round pick, which opens the opportunity to get this deal done, I think, a little bit sooner than Herbert and Burrow and those other guys. But um, this is obviously his moment, right? He, mm-hmm. right now, can say that on an average annual salary basis that he's the highest-paid player in NFL history, and he can marinate on that for probably a few months until Joe Burrow comes around. Um probably later this summer or something like that. But a really cool moment for him. The story here is phenomenal, right? True freshman starter for Alabama, couple of national championships, gets benched. Tua winds up winning the Natty. He goes to Oklahoma, has a great season there. Winds up being a second-round pick, and we all wondered Everybody at the time. criticized the pick yeah, the what's, what, what are we doing here? Yeah, Carson Wentz. Well, Howie Roseman is getting the last laugh because obviously that worked out really, really well. And um, now he's entering his age 25 season with this contract. He's got a full no trade clause. Are you kidding me? Yeah. This is a a big moment for him, a big moment for the Eagles, and obviously it worked out. It absolutely worked out. So there's – there's lots of layers to this, but I think that the first thing being discussed is appropriately Jalen Hurts, right? And his evolution as a player, what he looked like during that first season in Philadelphia, what he looked like the year that they made the playoffs as a wild card and went to Tampa and got stomped in the postseason and just generally looked overwhelmed. And then what the Eagles did to build around him throughout the course of of uh, those early years is what we'll focus on next. But just Jalen Hurts in general, the consensus 
of Jalen Hurts throughout the pre-draft process and is continuing to be everything that we hear now is there is not a harder working, better person that you would want as the face of your franchise. And I think Jalen Hurts is a great case study, Joe, of kind of the uh, intangibles component of the game of football and player development and, and bringing people into your building. And I know those are a lot of phrases that a lot of fans will, will hear and roll their eyes at because, you know, the Madden culture is right. They're, they're just, you got a rating and that's how good you are. And if you're not better than the guy that we could bring in to replace you, then get the heck out of here. We don't want you right. Mm -hmm. The human element of the game of football, Jalen hurts is a great success story and a great reminder. And I know Jim Nagy said this on social yesterday, like never bet against a player with like elite leadership intangibles, work ethic, because if you give them time, this is the kind of outcome that you'll usually get, particularly when you're as physically gifted as Jalen Hurts is as well. Talent plus habits, a very dangerous combination, right? When you got both of those things, and I think that's a great angle to bring up the way that he's taken ownership in his development, the way that he's wired has been incredible. And I think we're starting to see more and more of these top-tier quarterbacks, the guys that are really panning out that you feel like are absolutely that team's dude. That's what they have. And it's a very important layer for us to consider and apply to the way that we scout and evaluate quarterbacks coming up. You know, it's not just the physical tools and the size, all that stuff matters, but what clues do we have about the type of leader that they are and the kind of that kind of person that can come in and impact an organization? And, you know, I think, I think I, I knew this about Jalen hurts when you listen to Nick Saban talk about him, mm -hmm. whether it was when he was at Oklahoma or, or even that year where there was like a quarterback competition and uh, the way that he was able to just affirm and, and, and talk about Jalen and how he's handled himself. And it was always very, very impressive. And there were a lot of clues there, and it's obviously really come to fruition for the Eagles, and I'm sure they couldn't be more proud of their face of their franchise. The the whole I'm not going to, so quit asking. Yeah. Is about Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Right? Because we kept yeah. pushing for Tua take the starting job. Tua take the starting job. So uh, I will forever be in debt to, to Jalen Hurts for him having Nick Saban drop one of my all-time favorite quotes to randomly drop in here on the show as we're doing stuff. Um, in defense of Jalen Hurts, as you said. But, yeah, the context clues there. And, and even the way that Jalen handled that that year. Yeah. Right? In in the landscape of college football now where it's much easier to transfer and change programs and go find a different spot. He came back for another year and, and was a part of that team and, well, that team went to the national. I believe if I get, I'm getting you my years right, that's the year they went to the national championship, but lost to Trevor Lawrence and Clemson. Correct. And Hertz came in in the SEC championship game, got him there, and got him there. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you can't have the conversation about this contract without giving Jalen Hurts himself his flowers. Uh, also, shout out to Nicole Lynn. Uh, who we've had a chance to to meet a couple of times, and she's wonderful at her job, and and she's been she'll she'll have been the first to tell you at the Senior Bowl the year that Jalen Hurts came through, right? Oh yeah, you know that this yeah. this dude's the real deal. So shout out to Nicole, uh, shout out to Jalen. We wanted to give him his flowers for the work that he's done to take this mantle 
Joe, as you said, is the highest paid player in the history of the NFL right now, Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts. All right, so let's, in just a moment here, focus in on the job the Eagles have done to support Jalen Hurts and allow him to become this player. But first, we need to tell you about FanDuel. As you know, grand slams, no hitters, double plays, they're all back, and there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, sign up, place your first bet, and get $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. So whether or not you think Aaron Judge is going to hit a home run that night or a pitcher is going to go over on strikeouts, you can build a single-game parlay with your favorite matchup of the day. And we know there is baseball on all day, every day this time of year. So don't miss out on your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. So we're going to talk about the Eagles and what they did to kind of build around Jalen Hurts and and complement his own role that he had in his development here next. So where... It's the offensive line. Is it getting the wide receivers that they did between Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown? Is it the coaching staff? Where's where's the the key variable for you mm. around Hurts himself? Man, I think all of that's significant, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I think there was just a, an intentionality. We always go back to this quote that Jordan Palmer gave us and it is teams bust players more than players bust teams and this is a wonderful example of how a team didn't bust a player and gave them what they needed to be successful whether that was drafting Devonta Smith and moving up a little bit to make sure they got him trading for A.J. Brown extending Dallas Godard extending Jordan Maitala extending Jason Kelsey, extending Lane Johnson, right? Going out and having some contingency plans in place and drafting a guy like, excuse me, Landon Dickerson or or Cam Juergens. There's been some very thoughtful moves that have worked out, right? I mean, that's, that's part of it too. Like you can try, but it has to work. And Howie Roseman has absolutely done a very good job from a supporting cast perspective to give Jalen Hurts what, I think anyone would agree is the best offensive line in football with really talented weapons. And of course it feels like the right fit in terms of that head coach and uh, being able to, to Nick Sirianni coming in and, and being able to maximize all of that. It's been, it's been correct decision after correct decision after correct decision. And here we are today celebrating Jalen Hurts as the highest paid player in league history. So I'm going to give somebody their flowers here, and I don't know if this this is necessarily a name that you thought you'd hear on this show. How about Jeffrey Lurie, Eagles owner? Because the Eagles can play the team-building game by a little bit different set of rules than most teams in the NFL because of the stability that this organization has enjoyed yeah, with the front office and Howie Roseman and the football administration and the brain trust up top 
to be able to know I can cycle void years in the way that Howie Roseman does, and I can prorate large amounts of money off into the future, and everybody's going to operate with the understanding that we have a defined window, and then we're going to have to pivot and have a transition year, and we'll do it again. And probably third, 32 teams in the NFL, there's probably 25 that are so urgent and pressed to win for the sake of job security that they can't afford to do that. Because you'll get two years in, and the first time somebody blinks, you reset the deck, and somebody else comes in and says, well, we got a bunch of dead money. We got to tear this thing down and build it up and start anew. So all the way from the top down allows the Eagles, in my mind, to go from a situation where your pass catchers were J.J. Orsega-Whiteside, Jalen Rager, Greg Ward, and a first-round pick in Devontae Smith in 20, at the beginning of 2021. Those were your wide receivers. How many GMs get slammed to the point of no return for drafting Jalen Rager and J.J. Orsega-Whiteside in the first two rounds in back-to-back drafts at wide receiver? Damn, we, we had the conversation, how we can't draft, right? We talked about How we it. can't draft wide receivers. Yeah. Well, so you said, yeah, okay, bet. I'll take the, <laughs> the obvious best available one in at, at, at Devontae Smith, and then I'll trade for A.J. Brown. But how many GMs across the league would draft a quarterback in the second round after draft trading what they traded up to get Carson Wentz and giving him the contract, and it clearly not working to the point where Nick Foles was getting pushed to start over him, and the wide receiver missteps? You know, I think that there's there's a stability component here, and we talk about stability and job security and how how it's paramount in the NFL, but very hard to find. But I think that's why this worked um, the way that it did, because the Eagles are playing by a different set of rules from the top down than the vast majority of teams in the NFL. I love the point that you made about Jeffrey Lurie because it, it provoked me to think about the attrition that the Philadelphia Eagles organization has experienced, not from just a front office personnel people, but a coaching perspective. Mm-hmm. I mean, these guys have been being plucked left and right for right. since 2017, right? I mean, Joe Douglas, was it Andrew Barry was from there. Uh, they've lost people, and they've lost coaches, right? I mean, they're populating the league with these coaches. They just lost two more, Frank Reich. There's been guys left and right that have left. Well, and even their and- head coaching hires have been – like Doug Peterson, when he was hired, was lambasted as like yeah. Andy Reid's mm-hmm. puppet, and then the Sirianni hire was laughed out of the building with his opening press conference. Yeah, how he just keeps getting the last laugh, right? Keep doubting this guy. Keeps getting it done. The um, the reputation Bill Belichick has as a GM, where like he's still getting listed in like the top ten of like NFL GMs, like insane. Who you think Bill Belichick is because the team kept winning in spite of whatever decisions that he made, like that's actually Howie Roseman. Right? <laughs> right. That's who that person actually is. That like you can question all you want, but generally speaking, he's pulling a lot of the right strings to make pivots and mm-hmm. keep moving. And it's almost it, it is more impressive that he's continued to do it because he's done it across multiple head coaches, multiple quarterbacks, yep. multiple big contracts. 
all throughout this stretch. Yeah, he's done a lot of different ways. I can really respect that. He's a guy I've turned I've come full circle on Howie Roseman. I've had my criticisms for him. But it's to the point where, well, you really can't criticize the guy. He keeps building winners, keeps doing it different ways with different people around him. He's the constant variable. And uh here's your bouquet of flowers, Mr. Howie Roseman. And so with that out of the way, we're gonna next focus in on the challenge ahead. Now the Philadelphia Eagles are paying Jalen Hurts. How do they stay at the top of the NFC? That's coming up after a quick break. So we don't have the official breakdown of numbers, but we do have courtesy of Nick Corte, uh, a, a projection based on the reported numbers. Adam Schefter put out the salary cap hits for the first four years of the deal. Um, $6.15 million in 2023, $13.56 million in 2024, $21.7 million in 2025, and $31.7 million in 2026. That courtesy of Adam Schefter. So Corte took that, and he built out what, based on the reported cash that's guaranteed, the salary cap figures, and effectively reverse-engineered like, hey, this is what this could look like. And it's a really fascinating contract layout. And what it makes abundantly clear is the Eagles got four years to go ahead and figure this thing out and get the last part of the job that they didn't get done because uh, according to the projection from Nick Corte, there's a roster bonus annually every year for 38.8, 40.8, and $49.7 million that they are prorating each one of those out across a five-year window. So there's signing bonus, which is now 23. Two, and he was scheduled to get what, like six million dollars? So he gets an eighteen million dollar raise this year, but the salary cap hits relatively close to the same. But that's five years. That twenty three is spread across five years, and then in year two of the twenty three, then you add the first year, the thirty eight point eight, that's prorated out across the next five years, and then in year three, it's year three of the the twenty four million dollar signing bonus. That's prorated out year two of the $38 million signing bonus that's prorated out, and year one of the new $40.8 million, and so on and so forth. So this thing really balloons across the last two years of the deal. Uh, $81.5 scheduled million dollar cap hit in 2027, $76 million uh, scheduled cap hit in 2028. What I can promise you is this, Joe. If they get that far and Jalen Hurts is who he was last year, they'll redo this deal before that. No, no question. And they'll avoid those big years. But again, that's the same kind of thing. You don't get to put out a contract like this unless you have a certain level of trust and stability for the long game that you want to play. Yeah, I think length here is really, really important. When you have this type of length in a deal, it creates that flexibility that you need to have. And Patrick Mahomes has given that to the Kansas City Chiefs with his 10-year deal. The Bills have done that with Josh Allen, who starts his six-year extension this year. That's the first year of his extension. And he signed Uh, it two years ago, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, And same thing. Now you have the Eagles with kind of a window here of about six years when you look at it all in totality. Um, And I think that's so important for both parties where the the player is – able to allow his team to have some flexibility to build around them so that they can still be competitive while still getting, you know, obviously tons of money. Um, and I think the length there really matters. And, and 
I, I contrast that with some of the other deals that were given out to some of these quarterbacks, and that flexibility is not baked into that, right? You look at even like the Daniel Jones deal. It's not the same. It's not the same opportunity to be flexible with the cap figures. Um, and so that's going to be a, ba- a major benefit to the Eagles. But, Kyle, I think obviously this puts even more on Howie, right? You've pulled all the light str- right strings and levers to this point, mm-hmm. and now it becomes a little bit more challenging. Now, the good news is they've got some really nice draft capital over the next two years. They've got six picks this year and next in the first two rounds. And think about that being at least four-year players. That is going to give you some real additional building blocks to stay competitive with meaningful players on low-cost deals. And so those picks this year, 10, 30, 62. Next year, they have a one and two twos. They have this, I think they have the Saints' uh, second-round pick. They also have two threes. They also, in 2024, they have a fourth, five fifth-round picks projected in terms of compensatory picks in the six. So they've got a lot of draft capital over the next two seasons. And so I think finding those contributors, kind of being strategic with some of the guys that you're inevitably going to lose uh, is going to be a big part of what they have to do. And this this roster experienced some attrition this offseason. They lost Javon Hargrave and Andre Dillard and Miles Sanders and Isaac Ciamalu, Marcus Epps, Kaiser White, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, right? They've already experienced a little bit of this. Now they were able to bring back some of those vets like a Brandon Graham and a Jason Kelsey and a Fletcher Cox. And so I think this is kind of that new challenge is, all right, who is that next wave of, of veteran key roster cornerstones and how do you continue to develop that pipeline with these meaningful draft picks that you have coming up to keep this cycle going and and there's a path for it to happen and I think for a team that's getting ready to obviously commit a lot to this quarterback they are positioned very very well to extend this window as far as possible I really like the way that things are projecting here for Philadelphia so what's crazy right is they Hertz was scheduled for 4.7 and he went to 6.1 hypothetically, or I, I guess we know that figure formally based on the signing bonus. So the Eagles have like $18 million in cap space right now. And they have like $55 million in dead cap <laughs> still mm-hmm. because of all of the players that are on young, young contracts with Devonte Smith on a new contract. You, you've got, Landon Dickerson and, and Cam Jurgens is two of your potential starting five, and, and Kelsey's on a team-friendly deal, and they, of course, put $13 million in void years in 2025. And So between the void years and some of the young players that they have, they've kind of built this kind of runway on multiple fronts. You have players with rookie contracts, you have the void years, and then you have the cap flexibility. And I really feel like they they found this Goldilocks zone where based on the the void years that they have structured, your your first void year trouble year is going to be 2026 because you got like Bradbury's scheduled for like $22 million in void money in 2026. Slay's contract will be up and he's getting 14 million in void years in the same same year. Um who else did they have? They had Godert with like $6 million in void years coming up. A.J. Brown scheduled for like a $38 million cap hit that year. So like that's kind of the year where everything bubbles and it's still one of Jalen Hurts' cheaper years. 
So you have this like three-year Goldilocks zone where you got a lot of your core players that are locked in. If you need to restructure and create space, you can restructure and create space. But if I'm Philly, like I'm looking to the way that I think it was Jimmy Kemsky joke that they were a quarterback factory for all the quarterbacks mm-hmm. that they would bring in and then turn around and flip back out. Like I'm looking to be a draft pick factory. If I really like my options and I have a chance to slide down a little bit from 10 and get another future one and Keep just continue it. to kick that down the road, like, and have that surplus of assets. So that way, whenever the wall hits and you're like, all right, we got a flush system. We got to flush the system of established talent. And there's just going to be one year. We're really going to have to eat it on the void. You're in the cap. You'll have a surplus. You'll transition from players who are second contract players with void years and, and prorated mm-hmm. money and your roster can transition, and as that dead cap grows and peaks, then you'll have a higher concentration of players who are still on their rookie contract. So it's like, you've set it up to do it. Now you got to kind of ride the wave and build it and contend mm-hmm. simultaneously and just be ready for whatever year, whether it's 2026 or 2027, that the bottom drops out of that thing and you need to pivot, that you have the surplus and you have the percentage of players on rookie contracts that's more appropriate to allow you to do that. Well, they got to feel really good about where they sit in this NFC right now, moving right. forward. Like it feels like everybody's looking up at them. And of course they just won the NFC. So that, but they had their best roster in the league last year and their position to continue adding to it. And right now it's theirs until someone's going to knock them off. And I think everyone's looking up at them and, Feeling like that's the that's the standard right now, and it's a good spot to be because we know that there's a, a balance issue right now in the league, yeah. And the Eagles are really capitalizing on them, and, and good for them. That's a that's a good spot to be. Really exciting stuff for Philadelphia, and obviously, congratulations to Hertz and resetting the quarterback market. Um, we'll see when the next shoe drops. I think we both predicted it was June, July. This one, we'll yeah. see the next one come, and we'll get probably more than one in a hurry. Uh, yep. So Jalen Hurts can enjoy his time in the sun for the meantime. And that's going to be it for us here on this episode of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Drafties. You can find us on YouTube wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. We hope you enjoyed this conversation on Jalen Hurts, the Philadelphia Eagles, what they've done right, lessons to be learned, and uh, things to aspire for for a lot of teams across the league. But that's going to do it for us. Make it a great rest of your day. Shout out to the everydayers. Come back. See us again tomorrow. Till then, peace.